you woke up this morning, then it's a good day. If you woke up healthy, it's a good day. If you woke up refreshed, then it's a good day to get up, get out, get on your way. If you woke up broke, it's still a good day. If you woke up diseased, it's still a good day. If you woke up exhausted, still a good day because you woke up to get on your way. Welcome to Travel by Proxy, the show where we leave our house so you don't have to. I'm Andrea. And I'm Aaron. In each episode, we feature a destination anywhere from right in our neighborhood to far off lands. We bring you our experience, some history, and a taste of each destination by sampling something unique to it. So whether you're listening to this in your car, on a train, on a plane, or in Spain, you'll learn about something to add to your bucket list. Or to remove from it. And in this week's episode, we reminisce about places we lost during the shelter-in-place order, taste various things in our home during this lockdown, and learn about a place or two that Aaron and I have ordered from. So sit back and take a journey with us as we talk about the world outside your window. And speaking of the world outside your window, um, Aaron, outside of my window right now, I see closed garage doors because that's really all i see outside of i should probably mute my phone <laughs> we'll put it on vibrates all right that's listeners. a good plan um but uh what i do have um we have our we're aaron's bandwidth is a little slow so he can't see this but i have his pineapple the one that we got mm. for christmas which is why you're gonna hear a lot of ice sounds today yay but i made myself a uh whiskey ginger with tullamore dew whiskey Oh, yeah. And um, I made it especially hipster worthy because I used the soda press um, organic syrup from uh, SodaStream. Because one of the things that we've learned in this lockdown is that the easiest thing, like one of the best things you can do to kind of, if you have access to it, is to kind of stretch your, you know, to kind of stretch your, your dollars is to use... Soda stream, like use your soda stream instead of. Um, instead I don't of, know if it actually works out because I mean I'm using an organic syrup instead of you know just going and and ordering like a ginger ale or something. But I think you can still get it's it's almost it's almost even dollar for dollar for the syrup and and using the soda stream. Um, mm-hmm. Like obviously you have to have a soda stream to use a soda stream. So that's, that's a big thing that a lot of people won't have. Right. You know, we're both kind of lucky in the fact that we have them, but you know, if you, if you have the, uh, if you, if you have things around the house that you haven't been using now, is a really good time to get them useful for you. And, or if you can't find a use for them or they don't seem to be working, just go ahead and, uh, you know, donate them, um, mm-hmm. like sanitize them and donate them to some place so that somebody else, uh, could possibly get some use for them. Uh, especially if they're, they're products that are somewhat expensive, uh, and you know, some people might not have access to them otherwise. And the, one, the thing that I like about this one is like it actually has more of like a ginger flavor to it. So like mm-hmm. normally when you when you get like ginger ale, like you're using like actual ginger ale, um, it doesn't actually have like a ginger flavor. Like mm-hmm. this actually tastes like fresh ginger. Like we we just ordered sushi because um, I had a sushi craving and I like, gosh, this is just turning out to be the most privileged episode I think we've recorded <laughs> during this lockdown. Um, I, you know, I think though that this is one of those things that, um, you know, food insecurity is a, is a real thing um, in the world and even in our own fairly well-off country. 
Um, but it's, it's helping to put the forefront on, you know, what areas are underserved, um, what, what communities need the most help. Um, you know, and I think that that's something that once this situation dies down, we should be able to kind of, um, fight for with our, Mm -hmm. our local municipal and, you know, state and federal governments. Whereas, you know, it's like some of us, we live in the suburbs or, you know, like I live just outside the city and it feels like the suburbs. Um, but you know, everyone over here in my neighborhood, my my neighborhood seems to be doing okay. They're not perfect, but like everyone's kind of making it by, you know, a lot of people have lost their jobs and are subsisting on, you know, assistance like myself. Um, but we're finding ways to stretch our dollar to make it worthwhile. You know, um, I've been shopping at Aldi for a long time and, prices at Aldi are a lot better uh, and a lot more affordable for me than at your Cub Foods or, you know, especially your Trader Joe's mm-hmm. or, or Whole Foods. Um, but it's yeah. it's places like that. And we've also been making a lot of our food from scratch more because we do have the time. Because uh, that's one thing that when, you know, especially with my job, I work a lot of weird kind of later hours, but I don't do third shift. So it's like I'm coming home midnight, 2 a.m. at some points and making a meal from scratch at that point is not in the cards. And I don't want to wake up then at like 8 a.m. just to start meal planning. Um, but right, right now, get that. yeah, right now we've had the time where it's like I've made a lot of pizza from scratch where it's like, you know, I've bought sauce and cheese and stuff, but like I've made, I've made dough from, dough from scratch quite a bit. And we've made a lot of our own like pasta from scratch. For some of our newer listeners, like Aaron has a family history with pizza too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, the dough recipe that I found is not um, like, it's really good for a, just a quick pizza dough. Um, I have been tweaking it a little bit um, in, in how I prepare it to make sure that it does what I want and it's not like doughy in the middle because I really like more of a kind of like Brooklyn style thin crust like hand tossed where it's a little floppy and you can fold the slice Um, but you know it's we've been lucky enough to be able to just make a lot of that food from scratch rather than have to rely on just what we can get at the grocery store I mean we we get flour and we get butter and we get um, cooking oils and all those things and we just kind of put things together from that and then on like our hand, like I'm still working. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're trying to, when we can order, order in between when we're preparing meals, just because at least then we're supporting some of the local restaurants. Yeah. We've been like, we ordered from Chipotle twice. Um, and that was more of a convenience thing than anything else, but we've been trying whenever we do order food, um, to like pick a couple of local restaurants to support, so mm-hmm. like we did, uh, there's a local kind of Asian place that's just called Bamboo Kitchen. They do, you know, you're you're slightly above the like Panda Express kind of thing, but they're a local restaurant making food locally. Um, so we ordered some stuff from them a few times. They do make really good pad thai. Um, and then we did uh, we did tongue and cheek I love again. A good pad thai. Um, oh yeah, tongue and cheek. Because <clears throat> so tongue and cheek is. Them. Yeah, they're open for for um, like curbside pickup only right now. Um, but we had we had the fried chicken ramen and the classic ramen, and then we had the uh, the steamed pork buns um, to round out kind of our appetizer course. And mm-hmm. oh, it was so good. Um, yeah, 
the like because i had the fried chicken ramen and like we were planning on just kind of like sharing and we both tore into it realized we were really hungry <laughs> and like we shared we shared a couple bites uh from each you know like i gave i gave zabi some of the uh uh you know the chicken that had been dipped in the dashi and um you know kind of had some some of the nice uh like spread on top of it um and so I gave her a bite of that. She gave me one of the uh, pieces of pork that comes in the classic ramen. And, uh, man, just, it was a delicious meal. And it was, you know, like, we're thinking of ordering again here um, at some point during lockdown. But it's still, yeah. like, that's not, like, that still cost us, like, just over $50 for that much food. And it was a lot of food. Like, that filled us up. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it probably could have been... Um, it could have been stretched into two, two meals. meals each, um, but we were both really hungry and we just, it was so tasty that we couldn't stop, <clears throat> but it was a, uh, it was a real treat and I'm really glad to see that they are not one of the companies that has kind of like been forced to close permanently, um, yeah. because of this, because, you know, there's a lot of places like Izzy's is one of them. Like they are still, yeah. they're I mean, still they're a company still, and they're still, yeah, making, they're still ice making ice cream, ice cream. but their actual but like St. Paul location Saint is Paul. now, is now closed permanently. And it's, it's really sad because Izzy's and Sebastian Joe's were the places that I always told people who are newcomers to the area mm-hmm. that like you have to go. And now I have to yeah. check on Sebastian Joe's cause I'm worried. Yeah. Like I, I, uh, I have so many memories of, going to Sebastian Joe's and getting like the Nicolet, uh, Nicolet pothole. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, and, uh, Justin and I on our way home from, cause, cause when we head back from Minneapolis, like every once in a while, we'd be like, you know what? I really want to stop at Izzy's. And, and we would, we would just like mm-hmm. pull off on and, and go to Izzy's just because it was, I mean, it wasn't on the way, but like, you know, it was an easy stop right off the highway to, to go over there yeah and that's it's gone yeah like this is a place who like it's a it's a place that um created the idea of putting a tiny um tiny cu- a tiny scoop of ice cream on top of another scoop of ice cream for those of our listeners that are not familiar with like mm-hmm. the concept of why minnesotans love izzy's ice cream beyond the fact that their ice cream is just delicious on it in like on its own yeah like an izzy cone is um unique in that like they they put an izzy which is just a little tiny scoop of ice cream on top of the regular scoop of ice cream you already got mm-hmm. and we're I mean, we'll still be able to get that just not from their iconic location that we always went to. Yeah. And it, cause it looks like Sebastian Joe's is still open, um, mm-hmm. for takeout only. Um, yeah, but yeah, it is, it's still weird because there are these things that, you know, I kind of never thought would be happening. Um, and it's just little neighborhood places that are heavily reliant on, turnover of people yeah. coming in and just leaving you know like coming and getting something quick or coming in and having a quick meal you know people being in there for 60 to 75 minutes um and they can't do that right now and so they have to rely on people um ordering takeout from them and coming and get curbside pickup but it does look like sebastian joe's is still going with that so that's awesome and we just also heard about the bachelor farmer and uh, marvel bar 
Mm. You know, Marvel Bar was one of those unique cocktail creation places that mm -hmm. I would highlight as a place to go if you want to try something, you know, completely unique. Um, I remember Justin and I, um, for something really special, we went to the Bachelor Farmer for brunch and like, you know, like, I, it, I had the way that they would present food for you was, you know, it, 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 it's brunch food, but like you and I, we love brunch, right? Oh yeah. Like and we, we were, we were planning on doing a big series of brunch, uh, right before this whole thing went down and the, like all of this, you know, the, the world shut down. Um, but we were, we were planning on, doing like a big thing of like going and doing brunch every now and again to get a, a whole like couple of brunch episodes or like or a big brunch thing figured out i lost an earring in the marvel bar <laughs> I, I i i it's i'm never gonna get that earring back right mm -hmm. i think though the of all the closures that i've seen the one that hit me the hardest or the most was one that probably isn't going to be one that's as big on a lot of other people's radar. I mean, it is in mm -hmm. like my community, but is Honey in Minneapolis. It's a mm. bar that's in the basement of Ginger Hop, and um, that was one of the ones that like I performed at a lot. It was where I started doing improv, really doing improv on stage with through double blind improv, and um, you know started trying weird new things with like Fearless Lab and yep. You know, it was one of those those places that like like you could go there and find something unique and we don't have that anymore. Yeah. Well, and it's like I'm going through the list of restaurants cuz uh Eater has uh just kind of a list of all the the blurbs that they've done on places that have closed and Egg and I Diner in Uptown closed. Oh no. Right? And it's like that mm -hmm. one was it was uh, they were there for more than 30 years uh and unfortunately them and the Minneapolis location of El Burrito got shut down. Yeah. Um yeah, and then the Bachelor uh, Bachelor Farmer and Marvel Bar uh looks like the patio and Southern Eatery at uh, Loring Park is closing down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're just going to start bells. seeing... That's what it was called. Oh, yeah, Four Bells. Oh, I remember going there after Pride. Yeah, because it was right outside of Loring Park. So it was, you know, it had mm -hmm. a great location and they had the patio um, that you could sit on and kind of get snacks and whatever off their menu. And you could also have some nice late night drinks. Um, but the like they had that kind of upstairs patio that you could overlook Loring Park. Yeah, but it's you know it's a lot of these places like Mission American Kitchen shut down at the beginning of March and Sleepy V's and it's a lot of these places that it's like I haven't like I feel bad because I haven't been to these places in a long time partly because I was traveling so much right. and I moved out of Uptown because a lot of it looks like a lot of a lot of spots in Uptown are um, shutting down. Which it's, you know, Uptown is, is definitely one of those places that I, I feel for because it's, it's mm -hmm. very gentrified, um, as far as like True. the, like, you know, restaurant prices and like prices of like rent prices in general for everything really started skyrocketing probably about 15 years ago, um, mm -hmm. because it was the place that everyone was going because it was cheap. <laughs> And, yeah, it really was. And then it's like, you know, the Uptown Bar closed and Apple and North Face and like all those big retailers went in and like couldn't really keep Calhoun Square alive. 
because that's still going through its ups and downs. Um, and there's that like weird corner that has hosted like ten different restaurants that <laughs> the I like. Doomed corner. <laughs> yeah, the doomed corner. Um, but it is, you know, it's like the places that were in- institutions in Uptown that are closing because of this crisis because they can't like they had a niche and they had a very solid uh you know draw but because of this uh you know people not being able to like especially because most of the people that went to a lot of these places Mm -hmm. didn't live in the neighborhood they went there for dinner on a fairly regular basis uh but But i think that's why it's that's why it's so hard because Mm -hmm. that's what they relied on was that that travel to get there and I think part of it, like with the egg and I specifically, I think it's more because trying to do what they did on takeout is not going to go well. Because there's mm-hmm. there's something about diner food that diner food, getting diner food on takeout, is never as good as being in the diner. Like right, yeah. Like you don't you don't really want like a greasy cheeseburger and fries in a to go. Yeah, and eat like, it forty five minutes later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there, it, it's just not the same. Like we actually tried to do that a couple of weeks back. Like we tried to get um to take out food from one of our favorite like greasy spoons, mm-hmm. and um I'm not I'm intentionally not naming names because because you it, like, like their food usually, but t- getting it I, yeah, on takeout well, and was it not wasn't good. bad food when we got it. It just wasn't the same. Yeah, it's it really wasn't the same. It's the same with like the Uptown Diner. Like let me t- check on them, but the Uptown Diner is. Um, it's one of my favorite places to go I hear it's when the place I can. To be. It's yeah. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. Looks like, okay, they are still doing. <laughs> no, but uh, isn't that their slogan? Uh, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> Uptown not, Diner is a place that I've I've been there and sober uh, like six times in my life. Okay, and I've probably gone 150 times because. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, okay, so they're open for takeout, delivery, and curbside pickup. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have, you know... Oh, wow. They're doing 24-hour takeout. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. So, they're, oh, they're doing 24-hour de- takeout and delivery service. Who would be driving at, like, 4 in the morning, though? Probably... Who would to do that? Probably the people that work for right, them. Probably the people that work for them. Sorry. <laughs> overnight, anyway, because yeah. like because they were they were a twenty four seven establishment or had yeah, like had been forever, and this is this has got to be messing with them. So like, hats off to them for setting up delivery to keep a lot of their like employees going. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even even in those late hours, um, so you can yeah you can schedule overnight delivery from wow. the Uptown Diner. Um, and if you live nearby, like I'm honestly going to start thinking about getting something from them in the next couple days. Um, yeah. Let's we'll go hang out with our Minneapolis. Well, we can't because we're locked yeah, here. That's the thing. <laughs> oh my word! It's amazing uh, how quickly our brains change. Yeah, it's um, like I was having a conversation with some of my coworkers recently, where mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, what's the thing that you miss about how life used to be? Like that was how the question was. Really? Because it's, you know, like I I miss my coworkers because we're all kind of a weird family and I'm the work dad. Sure. Um, but it's like I I miss just going and spending time with people because yeah. it's like you know every everything 
that is designed for what humans need for gathering and like being a part of a whole is gone right now like it's slowly going to come back but it's going to be it's going to be altered for a while um and it's like i was listening back to us talking in in late march when i was like oh we'll probably get through you know to april 10th and and we should be fine hopefully everything (laughs) should be fine and no i was so wrong i was so optimistic i i I like how you were optimistic and i was sitting there going like i'm pretty sure i was like i don't think that that's going to be the case aaron and i was like let me hope (laughs) Mm -hmm. um no i actually was just as you were sitting there talking about it um i know a a majority of your your co-workers are younger than you yeah some of them significantly so oh yeah and um uh justin and i were actually talking about this recently because i have a a one-year-old niece and Mm. i had this thought like uh like you know maybe 10 years from now i'm gonna be talking to my niece and talking about how um there have now been like three major well actually four major like life-changing events significant life-changing events in our lifetimes yeah now because like um you know if you think about it because like we've we've definitely that we have been cognizant and aware of i should say yeah Um, yeah that didn't just happen when we were toddlers and we got told about later yeah because we've got y2k Mm-hmm. We've got nine eleven. Yep. We have the like the Great Recession. Yep. Like the 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 market crash and like the housing market crash and everything. Yep. The subprime mortgage fiasco crisis exactly, and then um this and then COVID nineteen. Right. Well, and it's it's one of those things that there are things like this that happen in every generation, and it's you know you look back a uh, hundred years ago, and there was the Spanish flu that. Mm-hmm persisted for a while and you know there's corollaries between um you know a bit of how people reacted then and how things are now um but it's also like you know our parents dealt with you know our parents as children dealt with things like you know kennedy assassination vietnam and uh you know the like the the late 70s and early 80s were filled with like the gas crisis Mm -hmm. and the um like there was the I can't remember the the name for it, but there was you know like the the uh, like the the overthrow of several Central American countries and instituting mm-hmm. friendly dictatorships and and or banana republic kind of things. Right. Um. And there, you know, I mean, Watergate happened in the late '60s as well. Yeah. Um. So it's like each each generation is going to continue to deal with things of this nature. Um, That's true. It's how. It's how we, as as individuals that make up society, handle it. That's really going to decide how we move forward. Because we have leadership in this country well, that exists. But we have to be responsible. Well, that's the thing. It's like it's how we respond um, changes everything. Because you know you have people that are are not following the rules. As they have been set out, they are, you know, there's people still throwing parties, and uh, there was the whole thing, uh, 
like a month and a half ago where all the all the young people were going to Florida and flocking to beaches and having spring break right. and you know a bar, a big part of the problem that happened with that wasn't just the people that flocked to Florida to have spring break it was also the governments in those areas that decided not to shut those cities down and not to lock down the beaches until mm-hmm. after all those people had come and then they forced all these people that have been intermingling and possibly spreading the virus among themselves to go home and fly right. back to whatever part of the country and or world that they're from um which i'm certain did not help stem mm-hmm. the tide of of the uh of the virus if i'm being very kind about it right and now we're actually in a unique situation in that um we live in minnesota mm-hmm. so we and- actually have the benefit of of having leadership that that responds appropriately and and while it might not feel like like some to, to some it might not feel like you're in the best place like mm-hmm. i mean i'm looking right at you aaron like somebody who yeah. is out of work because of the decisions that have been made but um when you look at this like the statistics and like the, the actual the actual like information that's been put out and disseminated by the lead by leadership and by you know <laughs> by independent mm-hmm firms it, it actually demonstrates that what we're doing is effective as long as we continue to stick to it and we lucked out being minnesotans that naturally minnesotans and kind of like you know our scandinavian heritage for a lot of people that live here and just the, the way that this state works is you know in in a situation where people are starting to be told elsewhere like hey don't go out, stay home kind of things. And, you know, especially... I wouldn't say it's Scandinavian heritage. I would just say it's... Sorry, continue. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it, this, the reason I say the Scandinavian heritage is there's there's always a joke with, um, you know, Norwegians and Finns and uh, and people from Sweden that they, they like to stand very far apart. Um, <laughs> and it's, like, there's a lot of, like, look online a Finnish bus stop and there's all these people, like, standing, like, five, six feet apart and they're all waiting for the same bus. And it's, you know, it's it's a funny, lighthearted kind of thing. But it's also... Mm-hmm. You know, once once the Mall of America shut down, I think, because that was before, that was right before our first official, like, stay-at-home order. And after that, a lot of people just took it upon themselves. Like, a lot of companies were already planning, like, your company you worked mm-hmm. for had already started planning for, um, like, testing out work from home for right. as many people as they possibly could, so that if they had to shut down they could and they and you would all be ready for it and i think you know part of that is who we are as minnesotans and part of it is we lucked out with a lot of corporate leadership and a lot of local government leadership and our you know our governor ultimately who you know came up with look this is starting to be instituted elsewhere we don't have the level of cases that they do but i think we're going to go ahead and just Let's all stay at home now. If you can work from home, work from home. If you can't work from home, uh, you know, we're going to close these businesses, but we're going to offer assistance. You know, it's like I've been in, exactly. I've been on unemployment several times in my life um, for various reasons because of losing different jobs. And this is the first time that it's like the process is fairly streamlined. They're actually opening up for, uh, you know, like some of my friends that are self-employed. 
um, have finally been able to start getting assistance because they can't operate their business because, you know, like one of them phenomenal. operates a hair salon. So it's like our government, like our state is, is really reaching out to take care of all of our citizens so that we can participate in the stay at home order. And, you know, like the, the people who are out actually delivering food and stuff, like I have <laughs> always encountered people being safe. You know, the option for contactless delivery has uh, appeared on all of the apps that I, you know, the couple of apps that I've used. Um, and then there's a couple places that I've gone and I've picked things up curbside. They come out, you know, they've got a, they've got a good solid mask on that actually covers their face and looks like it fits them. They're wearing gloves that then they're taking off Agreed. between orders. And it's just, you know, they're doing what they need to do to keep each other safe. And I think that's important. And I do feel bad for the places that have not been able to survive through this crisis. Same. I feel the same way. Um, do you have a story to share with us? Um, feel free to send us an email, fans at travelbyproxy.com. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Uh, and just to wrap up, the Travel by Proxy theme is Good Day by Alex, copyright 2012. Our closing music is Now We're Talking by Jerris, copyright 2015. Both licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license and can be found at dig.ccmixter.org. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it, and we wish you a, a look, look out, out your, your window. window. Yeah, that was like the best one we've done. That was the best one yet. Walking with you and your moving peace stones and your rearranging all the pieces that you find. Now we're talking about things and places, all the names and the faces all the people that you love